You're listening to Latin America in Focus. Latinoamérica in Foco. América Latina in Foco. A podcast by America Society, Council of the Americas on politics, economics, and culture in the region. Latin America will undergo a huge power transition in 2018, with at least 10 presidential elections taking place between now and the end of next year, including elections in almost all of the region's largest economies. With so much at stake, Latin America in Focus will have a series of podcasts covering all there is to know about the races, the issues, and the voters. We begin with Chile, who will vote for a new president this November though he or she won't take office till March 2018. I'm Elizabeth Gonzalez from ASCOA Online, and this is my conversation with Chilean political scientist Patricio Navia, who shared his perspectives on voters' changing demands, the political divide, and more. So let's begin with sort of setting up the stage. We know that in 2017 and 2018, it's going to be very important electoral years for Latin America because half of the countries are going to be voting for president. Um, this year we already had Ecuador, and now Chileans will elect a new president on November 19. And if that candidate doesn't get a majority of the votes, there will be a runoff. But first, we have the primaries coming up on July 2nd. Um, can you give us a sense of the most important factors that are shaping the race in Chile and what will be the main drivers that will get Chileans out to vote? Well, as, as in the rest of Latin America, there are, there are two big issues. The, the first one is the economic slowdown resulting from the end of the commodity boom. Um, Chile has also been going through some um, bad years in terms of economic development. The economy is barely growing at 1%. Um, so the economy is going to be at the center of the uh, debate um, um, by presidential candidates, and people are going to expect presidential candidates to specify what they plan to do to get the economy back on the right track, um, get the economy moving again, and creating jobs. And a second uh, growing concern of um, voters are uh, corruption scandals that have affected particularly campaign finance um, in Chile. And in my view, that should probably also be, um, so concern about corruption is probably also going to be a relevant factor um, in the uh, elections in November, more so than the elections or the primaries in July, because um, as it normally happens with primaries, um, there is lower turnout and people who vote in primaries are more politically conscious and they vote according to their ideology, uh, not according to sort of economic variables as much as uh, general election voters. This time around, we see a, a slightly different scenario in terms of um, the parties and the candidates. There has been some party division, right? We have over a dozen candidates um, that are running in the primaries. Only about five of them rank in, in the polls with at least 1% of potential votes. And of course, we have you know, a multi-party system where you generally have a left coalition and a right coalition. But this time, the, the left coalition, La Nueva Mayoría, which was the coalition of uh, President Michel Bachelet, doesn't have its own candidate. Can you tell us why this division has come about? 
Well, uh, let me let me just clarify uh, what you just said. Mm-hmm. We do have primaries on July 2nd. Um, there are two coalitions participating in those primaries. The right-wing coalition um, has three candidates in that primary, and former President Sebastián Piñera is the favorite to win uh, that primary. And then there is a left-wing coalition, um, a newly emerging coalition known as Broad Front, that has two candidates in those primaries. And um, a journalist, Beatriz Sanchez, a newcomer into politics, is uh, predicted to be the favorite for that primary. The ruling, the incumbent left-wing coalition, um, the Nueva Mayoría, is not holding primaries. So they are reserving the right to appoint a presidential candidate by the August 21st deadline, and we still don't know whether they will have one or more candidates um, by that deadline, but there is still two months uh, before the deadline. Um, so I would not um, agree with the statement that the Nueva Mayoría doesn't have a candidate. They might, and they still have two months to decide whether they are going to stay united for the presidential election in November or whether they are going to split into um, one or more um, new coalitions. My prediction is that they are going to stay united and they will have a single candidate for the presidential election in November, and uh, there will be probably two or three additional candidates. You are right in saying that there are around 12 people that have announced their intention to be candidates for the November election, but most of them will not make it because they will not collect the necessary signatures to run as independents. So at the end of the day, we are likely going to have a similar scenario as in previous presidential elections. One right-wing coalition candidate, one Nueva Mayoría coalition candidate, and a couple of additional left-wing candidates to the left of Nueva Mayoría. But that's the scenario that we have seen in the past um, two presidential elections. So in that sense, I think there's going to be more continuity than change. So where would we put um, Alejandro Guiller, who is running as an independent and is second in the polls? No, he's not running as an independent. Alejandro Guiller is the candidate of three of the Nueva Mayoría parties. So he will probably be the Nueva Mayoría presidential candidate. He is an independent senator, but he was elected on a Nueva Mayoría slate. So to some extent, for the U.S. audience, he would be like a Bernie Sanders. Um, He's running as a Democrat, even though he was an independent in uh, Congress. Uh, Alejandro Guillet was selected as a Nueva Mayoría senator, and he will be the Nueva Mayoría candidate, or at least the candidate of three of the Nueva Mayoría parties. We still don't know if a fourth Nueva Mayoría party, the Christian Democrats, will have their own candidate or whether they will end up supporting um, Alejandro Guillet. But the most likely scenario now is that Guillet will be the Nueva Mayoría candidate and he will be supported by, if not all, the majority of Nueva Mayoría parties. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, So... Is there a strategy behind uh, La Nueva Mayoría waiting to officially present its candidate? Yes. Well, more than a strategy, they have a timing issue. 
um, nueva mayoría had a couple of presidential hopefuls, um, including Senator Carolina Goich from the Christian Democratic Party. She entered the race very late, so she preferred not to uh, participate in the primaries because she needed more time to make herself known. And what she's hoping for is that she will do well in polls and eventually nueva mayoría will nominate her instead of Alejandro Guillet, or at least that the Christian Democratic Party will still nominate her and Nueva Mayoría will have two presidential candidates in uh, November. That already happened for the right-wing coalition in 2005. Uh, that coalition had two presidential candidates and the candidate that made it to the runoff was supported by the other candidate. I think that's what Carolina Goich is playing for or shooting for at this point. She wants to make it to the uh, ballot in November and she will run against Alejandro Guille with the um, understanding that if she makes it to the runoff, Guille will support her, and if Guille makes it to the runoff, um, Carolina Goich will support Guille. Now, do you think one has a better stands a better chance against Piñera than the other? Well, polls now suggest that neither of them has a very good chance against Piñera. But I think um, in the runoff, we are going to be looking at a different uh, scenario. Normally, elections in Chile are, are highly contested between the right-wing and left-wing candidates. So my suspicion is that whomever makes it to the runoff against Piñera will be a formidable um, candidate in the runoff in December. Um, my perception is that the race in the and their um, first round vote in November is really a race for the second place. Piñera will end up in first place, but he will not get a clear majority, so will be, he will be forced into a runoff. But for the runoff in December, he's going to have to face a likely left-wing candidate, and that left-wing candidate will have a chance, an opportunity, to bring together all the left-wing groups and coalitions and... Um, try to challenge Piñera for the presidential election on December 17th. Now let's talk about more of the, you know, the state of discontent with perhaps establishment politics in Chile. Michelle Bachelet's approval rating fell under 20% after having started with over 50% of an approval rating. Um, so people are, are pretty dissatisfied with the current government. Um, And now we have a leading candidate, Piñera, who was a former president and is pretty much part of the establishment. Um, do those trends run contrary to each other? Well, um, yes and no. I think there is an assumption in your question that is uh, not um, supported by the data. Um, people are unhappy with the government. And, in fact, you can also make the claim that they are unhappy with the political party system and with the elite. Um, however, the same polls suggest that people are satisfied with their own life. Um, they think the economy is going through um, trouble, and uh, they are concerned about uh, employment or unemployment, um, the future economic situation, but the polls suggest that people are very happy or at least satisfied with their own lives. So they are unhappy with the government, but happy with their own lives. Uh, because they are concerned about where the economy is going, uh, former President Piñera, who led the country through 
um, in four years of economic uh, growth, is now the favorite to win the election. So that points that uh, people might be somewhat discontent with the elites, but not as discontent as to vote for an outsider candidate. Um, former President Piñera could not be more of an insider, and he's leading the polls. So obviously, people are not as dissatisfied as some analysts um, would like to uh, believe. And you mentioned that there is also, you know, discontent with um, corruption or an idea that there is um, more corruption in Chile. But Piñera has also run into issues of conflict of interest. Yes, absolutely. So do you think that voters will just overlook that when it comes to him? Well, I think um, voters would prefer a candidate who's clean, who has a clean track record, and who can also... Um, manage the economy well. But if they are offered two options, um, one clean candidate with no experience in managing the economy and a candidate who's been tainted by corruption accusations, but who also has a proven experience to manage the economy, they will choose the latter. Um, voters are not looking for pure, perfect politicians. They want politicians who can do the job. Um, so unless... Um, the, unless the government can come up with a candidate who is equally qualified as Piñera to run the economy, um, Piñera is going to have an advantage, even though he has been involved in um, corruption scandals or he's been accused of conflict of interests uh, in the past. Specifically with party identification, you noted that um, back in 1990, you know, right when Chile restored it's democracy, 70% of Chileans identified with a party, and now that's about 25%. Do you think that will play a role? Well, but that um, that only means that Chile is following the trend um, that we have observed in other, indu well, in industrialized nations. Um, political identification and identification with political parties has declined significantly uh, everywhere. Most people now uh, do not necessarily identify with a political party. Now, in Chile, people still identify on the left-right continuum. So they still sort of position themselves as leftists, centrists, or right-wingers. Um, and that um, helps predict how they're going to vote. So even though they are not identify with political parties, they are still driven by ideology to a large extent. So do you think that, you know, the issues that Bachelet had with education reform, you think that will carry on through the next administration? Well, it depends on what the next administration wants to do. Um, but in general, people do want educational reform. They want um, a reform that will facilitate that make it easier for low-income people to access quality education and for to lower the burden of um, the cost of education for middle-income families. Um, so that's what people want. The way Bachelet went about doing it um, ended up not satisfying people, and now people reject uh, Bachelet's educational reform. But they don't want to go back on the educational reform. They just want a leader that will implement the educational reform in a way that will be satisfactory to them. So in a sense, they agreed with where Bachelet wanted to go. Mm -hmm. They just disagreed with the roadmap that Bachelet drew to get there. Um, 
the next president is going to have to be very careful to understand that Chileans want reform, but they want the reform well done. They, they want an effective reform. If the next president believes that Chileans do not want reform, he's probably going to end up with the same high disapproval levels as uh, Bachelet, that Bachelet is experiencing right now. And so far, I, I don't see many of the candidates focusing on, on education. Instead, they're focusing on the economy. Well, the, the campaign hasn't started yet, right? So there is a um, there are campaigns for primaries um, in the right-wing coalition and in the far-left um, coalition. In the far-left coalition, they do have focused on education. In the right-wing coalition, the three candidates pretty much agree um, in criticizing Bachelet's educational reform. So they are not campaigning on something they agree on. They're campaigning on things that they uh, disagree on. When the campaign starts after August 21st, when we know who the presidential candidates will be, I suspect that people will talk, the candidates will talk about education as much as they talk about, um, about um, the economy. In terms of Chile's recent, semi-recent electoral reform, the idea was to reduce uh, malapportionment and to represent voters more accurately. Do you, do you think that the reform will work and that we will see that in, the, in these elections? No, the idea was not to reduce malapportionment. The idea of the electoral reform was to eliminate the um, legislation in place since the military dictatorship. Um, the problem was not malapportionment. The problem was that the previous electoral system benefited the party that got the second largest vote share. Um, so normally that was the right-wing party, and they got somewhat of a subsidy um, because smaller parties were kept out of the legislature, and the second largest party or coalition um, got um, a, a subsidy and normally received more seats than votes. Uh, the new electoral system is a bit more proportional, but in terms of malapportionment, it continues to malapportion uh, the country, with urban areas being underrepresented as opposed to rural areas and the far north and far south uh, of the country. So the new electoral map is malapportioned as well as the previous one. Um, but the system is a bit more proportional. So smaller parties will now have a chance to win seats even if they opt out of the two largest coalitions. Um, so the effect of the new electoral system is that we will probably see the two largest coalitions lose a, a number of seats as smaller parties will win seats by running independently outside the two largest coalition uh, umbrellas. And now do you think that having um, more parties represented or better represented is a good thing because you know, in some Latin American countries, having, you know, so many parties has actually been very divisive for a country. Right. You, you, you are right. I mean, there are trade-offs. Um, you are going to have more political parties represented, but that will also uh, make it more difficult for majority coalitions to form. 
because you are going to have uh, a few deputies, a few legislators that are affiliated with smaller parties and they might uh, end up breaking um, coalitions and creating more instability in the political system. You, so on the one hand, you will have a wider range of legislators in terms of ideology representing more political parties, but on the other, it's going to be a bit harder to form majority coalitions in Congress. As compared to the rest of Latin America, I think um, Chile continues to have a very strong party system, so the next president in Chile will still be affiliated with one of the two largest coalitions. We're not going to have an outsider coming from nowhere and winning the election. Um, the runoff will likely have, again, just like every election since 1989, one right-wing alianza, or Chile Vamos, as it is now called, coalition, and one left-wing Nueva Mayoría, Concertación, or whatever the new name, name is, um, coalition. But in the end, we're still going to have the two largest coalitions making it to the uh, runoff and continuing to dominate uh, Congress. What do you think is the most interesting aspect of this race for you? Is it different? This, this election, unlike most previous elections in Chile, um, will be held in a context of declining um, or low expectations about economic growth in the future. So the economy is going to be at the center of the debate, as opposed to previous elections in Chile, where inequality and redistribution was the central element in the debate. So in the past, candidates talked about how to redistribute wealth. Um, in this election, I think they are going to talk more about how to create uh, new wealth uh, rather than redistribute it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Patricio. My pleasure. Keep a lookout for my next conversation with Patricio Navia. We'll circle back ahead of the November 19 vote. And thanks for listening. For more, visit as-coa.org.